Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Jess, and I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, Welcome to those who are joining us online. I'm going to need you to comment with some emojis here in a second. And I just quickly want to, for the parents with kids in the room, the elephant in the room, like, you're cool. Don't be stressed out about this. We're so glad the kids are here. They might talk a little bit. Like, I work with kids in the teens. I'm used to it. So, um, in fact, he shall not be named, but one team uh, streamed a football game while I talked. So, I got this covered, okay? Um, Anyway, my name is Jess, and I want to know who here loves roller coasters. By an emoji or a show of hands, you love roller coasters. Okay. Um, Who believes that Kings Island is the amusement park to go to? Right, you're wrong because it is America's roller coast. Who knows what that one is? Cedar Point. Uh, My family uh, is from Sandusky, and so a lot of summers, I would get to go stay with my grandma for a couple weeks, maybe a month. I'd get a season pass to Cedar Point, and I would get to ride all the rides. Well, one year... I don't know if I was tall enough, brave enough, whatever. I'm there with my uncle. Uncle Mark, this is all your fault. Um, And we're going to go on my first roller coaster, okay? And so we are in line in the queue, and uh, he's a great uncle explaining what I should expect, okay? So we're walking through the lines, and he's telling me about how the Blue Streak is the oldest roller coaster in the park. And he's telling me what a wooden roller coaster is like compared to a metal roller coaster. And then he's telling me, how I can expect to get into the car and the lap bar will come down in front of me. And I don't think he used these words, but I'm going to tell you what I heard. Um, There is no turning back. You can't get out now. You are stuck on this ride. And then you will start to go up the first hill. Click, 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 click. The sound of doom. And then if you're very lucky, we're going to be in the first car. And if you get in the first car, as you get to the top of the hill, you're going to dangle over to see how you're going to drop to your death. Kids, none of this is true. I'm being dramatic. You're going to drop and fall. Your stomach's going to come out from under you. It's going to be in knots, and there you go. By the time we got to the front of that line, I was so scared. My palms are sweaty. My mouth is dry. My mind is racing. I'm looking for the exits, and then I get to the front, and he says, how many in your party? Two. Row one, please. I'm not kidding. I was in the first car. Uh, It turns out I really do love uh, roller coasters. They're fun. But that waiting in line, I get so scared. Fast forward a few years. I'm in high school now. Fear's still there. And I am going to ride the Millennium Force. Now, that's a big hill. And I'm in line. We're waiting. It's like 90-minute wait. I can't handle that. I I get to the point where I'm like, I can't do this. This is not happening. Nobody's going to make me. And you don't tell your friends that. Because what happens when you tell your friends that you're too scared to go on roller coasters? They, that's right. They just start to talk you into it. You'll be fine. I wasn't having none of that. So I'm darting. I'm with all guys. I dart. I see across the way from me, there's a bathroom. I kid you not, faster than you can blink. I didn't even say anything to them. I darted under every single line, and I ran into the ladies' bathroom. One of my best friends chases after me. Jess, what are you doing? And I yell, I'm not getting on that ride, and you can't make me. <laughs> and I waited in the ladies' bathroom until I was certain that nobody was going to be able to come and get me. 
I'm afraid of waiting in line for roller coasters. I got the pleasure of interviewing some of you the last few weeks to see what you're afraid of. Let's check out this clip. I am at the Valley Church in Troy, Ohio, and I'm asking people, what are they afraid of? Emily, what are you afraid of? The dark. Dogs. I will go to great lengths to avoid dogs at all lengths. I will climb up someone's head if a dog comes running up to me and it's not on a leash. Spiders. Deep water. Bat. My children. I don't like spiders. Oh, getting stung by bees. I don't like getting stung. That's it. The dark. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Interview. hello, hello. What scares you? Nothing really. So brave. Heights. Uh, public speaking. Dancing. Spiders. Waking up late and missing my alarm clock. Having scary dreams and then waking up. I am scared of making mistakes. I'm always scared that my life will just kind of decline. <laughs> I think it's more to do with our adult children. More of fear of them not seeking or having a relationship with Jesus. Uh, my wife. <laughs> Spiders. Big crowds. Can you tell me what are you afraid of? Mice scare me. I don't like mice. Not doing enough to help my daughter and her family understand about Jesus. Uh, falling. Talking to women. Um, I'm scared of muscles. Spiders. Good morning. What are you scared of? Uh, tight spaces. Uh, my girl's not finding the Lord. I don't like heights at all. I'm not a big fan of heights. Roller coasters, man. Being alone. A room full of 40 elementary kids. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> uh, my wife. No. Speeches. Spiders. Mostly birds. Nothing. Some of you have some apologizing to do now. All right, so today we're wrapping up our series on landmines deactivating fear. Now I want to say this, there is nothing shameful or wrong about experiencing fear. It's a natural emotion. In fact, it's a protective response a lot of times. But if it's left unchecked, fear can paralyze us, right? It can make us freeze and control us and prevent us from sometimes living out the things that we want to do or God has called us to do. And so today we're going to put fear in its place. Um, you might have a fear of the dark and going to bed is scary and hard to do. Maybe you're afraid of losing someone and so you hold really tight onto them. Maybe you're afraid of not having enough money and so you stay in a job that you hate because it makes the most money. Fear of divorce, mistakes, rejection, not fitting in, being bullied, losing control. There's lots of things that we can be afraid of. And if you're like, I don't know that I'm afraid of anything, I'd say think about the areas in your life that you focus a lot of the time and attention to, an area that you're really trying to control, and there's probably an underlying fear that you might be working to prevent. So how can we keep fear from controlling our lives? We're going to be 
Um, in Isaiah 41, 13 to start, the Bible talks a lot about do not be afraid hundreds of times. And Isaiah 41, 13 says, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will, be, I will help you. And now the right hand is a metaphor for God's uh, authority and his power. So he's saying, I've got you, I've got your hand by my authority and my power. Do not be afraid. I'm going to help you. And we're going to see that promise play out in Judges 6. Kids, I always say, is that the Old Testament or the New Testament? I say that with the teens too. Old Testament. We're going to travel to the land of Israel it was a very scary time. The Israelites were living in constant fear. Their enemies from the east, the Midianites, are constantly attacking them, taking all of their food, taking all of their crops and their cattle, everything they've got. At any moment, they might attack. They are so scared that they have gone to living in caves and in the mountains just to stay away from them. Now, they kind of did this to themselves a little bit by disobeying God, but they finally got so tired of ignoring him and disobeying him and trying to do it on their own, that they cried out to him to rescue them and to save them. And he's a good God, and so he sends an angel to a man named Gideon, and the angel says to him, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Guess where he found Gideon, though? Hiding. Gideon was hiding, threshing wheat so that the Midianites wouldn't steal it from him, but he says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I would encourage you to read uh, this, these chapters in full because it's a really cool story. I'm going to jump ahead for time's sake. But I'll tell you this, that God assures Gideon that he's going to go with them, that he's going to not die, that he will have victory, that he will not be alone, that it's all going to be okay. And he's going to conquer the Midianites. So Gideon gathers as many men from the clan, his clan and a few others as he can. And he gets 33,000 men to go fight the Midianites. Sounds pretty good, except the Midianites have like 135,000-ish. But he does the best he can. It's what we do, right, if we're worried about something. I'm not calling anybody out, but like if you're afraid you're going to run out of toilet paper, you go and buy like five or ten packs, Right? If you're afraid of the dark, you go get a bunch of nightlights. If you're afraid of being alone, maybe you read some self-help books. Whatever it is, we prepare when we're worried about something. So he gets all the men that he can. And then God says to him, Gideon, that's too many men. I want you to tell any of them that are afraid that they can go home. And 22,000 men leave. Then he, God says to Gideon, Gideon, that's still too many men. I want you to go tell them to take a drink of water, and any of the ones that cup it in their hands and, like, drink it out of their hands, they can stay. Tell everybody else to go home. 7,000 men went home. If you're doing the math in your head, Gideon now has 300 men left with which to defeat 135,000-ish Midianites. Judges 7-2 tells us this. God said, you have too many men for me to deliver Midian, Midian into their hands in order that Israel may not boast against me that her own strength has saved her, jump to verse 7, with the 300 men I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Now you are probably expecting me to tell you how brave Gideon was. How Gideon is an example of how we trust God. We're going to look at all the ways that Gideon overcame his fear, put it in like a three-step plan, and we're going to live that out. 
And then some of you guys are like, that's not fair. God literally sent an angel to him and told him, it will be okay. You will not die. You will, not, you will win. I will be with you. Do not be afraid. It's not the same thing as what I'm afraid of. But when we read the story of Gideon, we will actually find that he was very much afraid. And in those chapters I had to skip, he again and again asks for reassurances from God that this is going to all work out. And even with those, I bet you anything that right before his 300 men went to surround the Midianite camp, that his palms went sweaty, his mouth went dry, a cold sweat went on his head, his eyes were darting, his mind was racing, his feet probably felt too heavy to move, and his stomach was probably in knots. I'm betting he was still afraid. But I'm not going to actually tell you any of that about Gideon because the hero of this Bible story isn't Gideon. In fact, the hero of every single Bible story is always the same person. It is always God. This is a true story, not of how Gideon conquered the Midianites, but of how God conquered the Midianites. This is a true story of how when we put God first in our lives, our fear comes second. God and your fear cannot compete for the primary spot. This is a true story that God does not only speak to Gideon then, or as my daughter says, in olden times, but that he still speaks to us today. That God is with us. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Those are good odds. God is the same today as he was then. He speaks to us. He reassures us. He gives us peace. And if you're thinking to yourself, I've never really experienced that. Like, like I hear the peace of God will overcome everything, but like I haven't felt that yet. I'm still really worried about this or anxious about this. Or maybe you've been like, I have never had God speak to me. I don't know what these people keep talking about that for. Here's what I might challenge you. I would just ask, are you putting God first? Absolutely first. Or if we're honest, are we too busy to slow down to take the time to be in his word every single day, to spend time in prayer and in submission to him, to be obedient in the small things that he asks us every single day. I'll confess, there was a Sunday I was sitting right over there in that front row and God was like, stand up. And I'm like, nobody else is standing up. Jessica, I want you to stand up. But why the song's probably about to end. Do you ever feel like that in worship? Like, what if the minute I stand up or raise my hand, they are like, and you may be seated. And I'm ashamed to tell you that I sat in my seat. It's the small, no, I'm not saying, God forgives me, it's fine, like I moved on. But it's the small everyday things. I don't know why God wanted me to stand up right then, but I know he told me to. Are we obedient in the small things that he asks us every single day? Do you come to church regularly? Do do your kids know who their life group leader is? Or do they come once and they don't come back for three more weeks? And when their life group leader wants to know how that test they were worried about went, your kid's like, that's not even important anymore. That was three weeks ago. Do we prioritize God really at the top? Or why are we confused when we don't sense his peace? When we call out for answers and we can't seem to hear him? When we cry in desperation for a fix and it doesn't seem to come? He's not withholding from you. I promise you that. He is not withholding from you. Think about the Israelites. The minute they cried out in desperation, he was there for them. But it's much harder to discern his peace and his comfort and his voice when he does not come first in your life. And he does not compete for your attention. 
God has, I don't have the time to tell the stories, but I can tell you this, that God has never, ever asked me to go out on a limb and been like, we'll see how it goes. He has never told me to take a leap of faith and that he would not catch me. He says, I hold you by my right hand. I hold you in my power, in my authority. You can't, here's what a lot of us will try to do. Me included someday, right? We try to, to clutch over here all the things that we think are going to take care of things, the things that give us comfort, the things that we think are safe, the things that are the ways that we're going to fix this. And then we're trying to grab God's right hand over here. And it's like, if you ever feel like, I don't feel peace. Well, that's because you're doing a tug of war. You have to let go, prioritize God, and grab him with everything you've got. He says, I will hold you in my power, in my authority. We have to flip the narrative. Remember, this isn't a story about Gideon. And it's not about us. It's a story about God. My narrative cannot be, and Jessica tried really hard to go overcome her fears for dot, 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 her children or, or whatever it is. My narrative has to be, this is a story about how God protected my children. This is a story about how God conquered your child's battle with an eating disorder. This is a story of how God brought victory to your marriage. This is the story of how God reminded you that you are not alone. You have to let go, stretch out your hand, and grab his right hand with everything you've got. You have to put him first. Because when you put God first, your fears will be second. And you have to remember that this is a story of how God took your hand and said, do not fear, I will help you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this, Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he was, has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That verse is going to guide our next few moments. Um, we're going to create some space for you guys to respond to whatever God might be stirring in you. We're going to play a scripture song called The Peace of God, and it's taken directly from that verse, and you've got some options. So I'm going to encourage you in a few minutes, you're going to get up, you're going to move around. Uh, this is a great opportunity as a family to respond and worship in ways we don't get to every week. We have our communion stations up at the front. You can uh, receive communion uh, together with a friend, family. Uh, we have the candles that you can light. You can come to the front if you would like prayer. You can turn around in your seat and pray there. But specifically from this verse today, we have these two um, uh, pieces of paper on the wall. And they say, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And so we're just going to open some space for us to respond here. I'll open up in pray, prayer, they'll play the song, and then you are dismissed to respond as you feel led. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that, like, we don't have to do this on our own, that we don't have to pretend that we're, like, such a good Christian that we're not afraid of anything, but that that's human and that you meet us in that place, that you want to speak to us to give us your peace. God, help us to really reflect. Are we putting you first in our lives? Or do you fall kind of second or third or whenever we have time? God, just speak to us. Holy Spirit, come. Whether it has something to do with what was said today or something completely different that you want to say to us, we are here, we are listening. 
and we want to respond to you. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Respond as you feel led. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected with all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because changed lives change lives.